You're at the Coaching Inn, 3D Coaching's virtual pub where we enjoy conversations with people who are engaged in the world of coaching. Hello and welcome to this episode of In the Arena. Um, as you'll know by now, um, our good friend Claire Pedrick, um, who runs the Coaching In, the 3D podcast, is away on sabbatical. And we are creating a little mini series that explores coaching at the intersection of leadership and some of those lovely kind of transferable skills and qualities um, that we bring as leaders, as coaches, and probably in a whole bunch of other roles in our lives as well. Um, and tonight we are super, super lucky to have with us Jakob Bassian. Um, Jakob is going to be talking with us about all things equity. Um, and I'm really excited about this conversation. I've known Jakob for, well, actually, we met many, many years ago and then had a big kind of gap and then have been working together. And um, one of the things that I've been really impressed impressed with and actually learned loads from Jakob on is just his commitment to equity, both in the way he coaches, but also in all sorts of other bits of his life as well. I've partnered with him on some writing, which was a very kind of equitable and unusual process and a bunch of other things as well. And so the idea of In the Arena is that we interview someone and talk with someone who really, ex um, what's the word, shines a spotlight on that quality and describes and talks to us about what it really means to authentically kind of demonstrate and live that quality. And we're going to do exactly that tonight on this quality of equity. Um, so I'm sure it's going to be an interesting conversation. So Jakob, before we dive dive into that kind of topic just tell us a little bit about you your background your work give us the set the scene for us thank you Kirsty. thank you so much it's it's really brilliant to be here today and like you said we met about seven years ago at future gov whilst i was doing design and we reconnected due to coaching and um a bit about me i'm from romania I've been living in the UK for 13 years now. Um, pretty much feel like it's my home now. And uh, I'm trans, my pronouns are he, him. Um, and I've been coaching for about three years now. Um, I, you know, I, I switched careers from design um, and it's been, it's been quite a journey. And I'm very excited to, to talk about that today and also to think about equity in that context, but also about equity as people and how, like you said, how we live in that way day to day. Yeah, thank you. And I think one of the reasons that I was really sort of energized about the idea of this series, Jacob, is because um, I think there's, there's a lot of stuff out there um, about people who promote an idea of leadership but we don't often hear from people who are kind of in the arena, if you like, and that's why we chose that title, who are really putting it to, into practice kind of every single day and understanding kind of 
the opportunity, the challenge, the burden, the highs and the lows that come with trying to live that value in a very real way. And so maybe we'll just start with, with this idea of like, why is equity so important in your practice and to the way you look at the world and have chosen to kind of show up in all of the sort of different roles that you have? Mm. We started with a biggie. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Christy, as I was preparing for our chat today, um, I was making some notes and it's so interesting what came up for me as almost maybe an origin story or maybe the beginning of this journey with equity, which, which right now for me even feels like a, a, quite a, amorphous and quite hard to pin down and also hard to relate to and make approachable to myself. Um, and I think I have this image of myself growing up in Romania uh, in, in, in a neighborhood where the, 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 separation between class and race was so um, visible. Uh, you know, I was, I was living in, in the like newer blocks of flats in this neighborhood and over just over the road, um, you had the older, you know, all the types of buildings and, and you had that separation between the Roma community and Romanians. Um, and I do think that, that from the beginning I could, literally see oh wow okay so that's how we live we we have this separation um yeah and i think maybe the other bit where i see it is also in in my family i think i've always been the peacemaker so whenever i would see conflict i'll be like mm, i need to fix this i need to i need to come in and i need to save the situation and i think because i could really feel the power dynamics i could i could feel when things were getting a bit unequal or unfair and I remember this feeling of oh I could feel it in my body now I could feel the anger I feel it now whereas as a kid I think I was maybe not able to really feel anger but but more wanting to fix it <laughs> um so there's all these areas all these areas where where I think from all of them I I, I somehow became <laughs> very drawn to well to fixing really but uh, I think over the years that approach has changed I'm a bit you know it's a bit more loose uh, I don't necessarily need to fix things anymore but but I do care that we that we address them. Mm. It, it's interesting that you you talk about fixing because and that idea of power because sometimes in the fixing um we can behave in a way that's not equitable, even though that's not our intention. So has that has that been your experience? Oh yes. Thank you for going there. <laughs> yes. That's that's yeah, that's exactly the kind of conversations I was hoping we'll have. <laughs> that this is so complex. <laughs> and not in not in the way that we can now say it's complex and leave it behind, but to really acknowledge that it is. Um and yes, I, I agree. I think even in, in, in my role as a coach, that's I sometimes experience that, you know, being the one who has the questions, being the one who's listening, being the one who's not sharing their content. Uh, it, it's so much power. And I think unless I'm aware of that and unless I, you know, go to supervision and go to therapy and do all the things that I need to do to be aware of that, uh, I can basically 
do the things that I am trying not to do, which is take power away and create mm. an equal dynamic. And isn't it, um, and this is one of the reasons that I love coaching so much because it kind of, or coaching skills, if you like, because they, mm. they speak to so many areas of our lives, don't they? And I'm just, I'm listening to you going, oh, you know, I'm the one that asks questions. I'm the one that makes decisions about where this conversation might go. Um, I'm the one that might have some clues about the answers. All great questions that leaders have that privilege of too, like where the team's heading, where our organization's been directed. And, you know, a lot of the research is pointing to that idea that actually leaders that... Um, hold the power and think they know the answers to those questions are not really tapping into the rich resource and the benefit and lived experience of of the people in their organization mm -hmm. and one of the words that's kind of coming in my coming up for me Jacob listening to you talk and, and thinking about how that plays out in different roles um, is humility mm -hmm. and how that's a very useful kind of partnership with equity. You, can you have one without the other? Mm. Oof, there, there's a lot of threads already in there that I always want to ask you about as well. Um, there's, there's definitely something around how do you do that, you know? Like that kind of leadership that you're describing is, 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 is a question for me. Um, and humility for sure. And, and how do I, how do I foster it in myself? And also I sometimes, how do I hold that together with, with leading? Mm. So it's almost like what's the right balance? Because sometimes I for myself personally, I can fall into the humility bit in a way that is unhealthy where I go, ooh, I'm not sure what I have to contribute or, you know, it, it can also be dangerous for, for you know, certain types of personality or inclinations maybe. Um, so I need to be careful how I hold myself in that way. Um, mm. But also remember that I have voice and I have influence and I can contribute. And, and how can, it's maybe for me to identify how, how I can best do, do this work. Uh, There's a real sweet spot, isn't there, between powerful and powerless. <laughs> Um, which sounds really blooming obvious when you say it out loud, but like living it is a totally different, this feels like a totally, feels like a, so it sounds so simple, but actually it's just not that easy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, mm. no, it's not. Um, and I think for me, it's important to say that out loud. It almost helps me because once yeah. I've said it, I'm like, Oof, now I can think about it. <laughs> mm. And what, what sort of strategies or coping mechanisms have you sort of been developing, Jacob, over, over the years of grappling with some of these tensions that help you notice if you're leaning too much one way, too much the other? Mm -hmm. Certainly for me, therapy has been a huge uh, life changer. I came to therapy when I was 25, maybe. And, and, and it became this place where I go to and I reconnect with the fact that I have things to say, um, with the fact that I matter and that somebody's listening to me in a way that I remember that I matter. Um, and, and that space for me has been just a lifeline throughout the years on and off. 
Um, I would say that's the core one that I, I use as a tool to keep me going. Um, and I, it's it's interesting how that reminds me of uh, last year when he invited me to the workshop around find your voice, mm. um, which which is you know such a welcome moment for me. And even this, this is the first time I'm on a podcast, so it's 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 you've been quite instrumental in in allowing myself to express myself and and, and remind myself that I have things to say. So therapy has been a way to do that. Um, and otherwise, I think it's definitely um, relationships, um, you know, like like this one, relationships that allow me to, well, like that encourage me, that, re, yeah, that kind of see my potential and then invite me to to lean into it rather than away from it. Because mm. it can be scary, it can be scary. And you mentioned your pronouns at the beginning Jacob and that you know being trans is is your identity and I'm just I'm sort of reflecting on the complexity of that and you know we've touched on oh this isn't easy already um and I'm wondering what what happens or what's the response when others don't get it others don't have the same level of commitment to this idea of equity that you do and uh, you know I'm conscious there's been stuff in the press recently um you know about trans swimmers for example and all sorts of bits and pieces so what what's the sort of consequence or the impact of that on you and how do you how do you hold to your values during those moments Mm, yeah that's a that's a big one because we could go so many different ways Mm. I wonder which way is most useful for our conversation, but mm, I think if I'm to think in the coaching context, um, I haven't had any experiences that put me in that place. I think when I'm, when I'm, let's say challenged or uh, yeah, challenged, uh, form who I am in terms of being trans I think it happens through the media or the recent you know the recent debate around uh, banning conversion therapy in the UK which is still being debated so uh, conversion therapy is still legal in the UK for only for trans people not for the rest of the LGBTQ spectrum Um, so just listening to that uh, listening to the debate in parliament that was of course it was just painful and but also when you, when I go beyond that, when I go beyond the you know subjective experience, it's it's good to see that people are thinking about it, talking about it, and are able to have a conversation about it. Um, so maybe there's something around, yeah, being being um, willing to be in a conversation, even if you don't understand. And I think. That, you know, you talked about, you asked about impact. I think the impact is, um, you know, obviously negative if if I experience somebody as not wanting to learn. But if I experience somebody, oh, actually, I don't know a lot about this. I don't really understand. Um, I think um, I think that changes the, completely how I feel. Um, 
and it gives me hope because because it is complex and i i i think you know i've been through my own journey with this and i think for <laughs> for a long time i've been in, in anger mode um and i've been like actually i don't care i don't want to talk to you if you don't get it <laughs> but now it's 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 changed obviously and i would i i want to believe that i'm a bit more uh, open to to people learning about it and um now that i have to teach that but 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 i can be i can show you know i can signpost people i can there's things i can do to to facilitate that learning um so I suppose, yeah, I suppose what I'm trying to say is that I think the, that we can mitigate the negative impact by being learners. Yeah. Gosh, what a lovely thought. Mitigate <laughs> negativity by being a learner. <laughs> and I, I just think there's something really profound in what you're saying. I'm sort of thinking back to the beginning of this conversation, Jacob, where you know, these are probably not the exact words, but you were sort of alluding to equity. It's sort of, on the one hand, kind of super simple, and on the other hand, really complicated. And somehow there's a middle space where you have to be able to be brave enough to have a conversation. And certainly, you know, there's, in my experience, I, I I find myself in this very funny place of like, I, I really, you know, I, I sort of believe in the value of equity and want to champion particular things. And, and then I just have this real sensitivity to like, ah, oh, is this my, is this my thing to champion? Should, am I best to advocate for others and create other, other space for other people and quite frankly get out of the way and focus on educating myself more about those things and I think there's a very um there can be a bit of a reluctance or or an uncertainty of knowing how to show up um and I've sort of landed you know sometimes I can use my privilege to make a point sometimes I need to get out of the way and let the people with lived experience make a point and sometimes I just need to pick up a book have a conversation be brave and educate myself about some things and um, I love the emphasis that you've put on the learning because I, I wonder if the learning helps the bravery mm. Oof. I, I really love that the, the fact that you found um, the you know you found the nuance of it you, the nuance of in the work and you're you're looking at different ways you can approach it in different moments and maybe fun is the wrong word but like it's more about um approaching this from from the context from a contextual point of view so that it, it, equity the way you do equity will look very different depending on the moment um and that's that's powerful for me um So I think I was looking for, even in coming to this conversation, I was thinking, oh my God, I have to have the answers. I have to know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, if you did, that would be wonderful for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I think that's where I get stuck. You know, in, similar to you, I, I think, okay, so what can I do now? You know, how, 
And I approach it from my point of view, I approach it from, I have to do this. Uh, I, and in those moments, sometimes I even forget that there's an entire world of people doing this work. <laughs> and, <laughs> and actually how much lighter it feels if I remember that I'm not doing this on my own and nobody was asking me to. Mm. So that sounds like one of the strategies, the, the oh, there's more than me here. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> was that helpful? So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and how That's easy it is to forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, you know, because there, the, there was the question that you sent over around what stops people from doing equity. And, and as we're talking about this, I'm realizing personally, I think, um there's there's so much shame that comes up when I think oh my gosh I'm not being the kind of person I want to be or I'm not championing um, uh, the rights of people and I'm not contributing to the work of our days and the challenges of our days and when I you know with the uh, Black Lives Matter in 2020 and I remember just falling into a pit of shame and actually then acting from that place rather than rather than a place of actually this is work that needs to happen and 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 kind of getting lost in the self and in the image i was um portraying and also not portraying but to myself and and how it made me feel about myself and um which you know touches on white white privilege and white fragility as well um but i think the word here shame is does come up and i think for me might be one of the main barriers to doing this work um, when I get lost or when I don't find the support that I need to, to navigate that shame and make sense of it so that I can allow myself, then allow, that allows me to do the work that needs to be done. Right. Isn't it? Um, I'm just thinking, thinking, well, actually about two things. So I'll, I'll say both of them and then I'll try and make it make sense and it might not. So there's the red flag. Um, I, I was thinking at the beginning of the conversation, Jacob, you talked about, I think this seed was sown when I was a kid. And I'm just thinking about, so I, I've got a, a almost 13 year old daughter and she sees injustice all over the place and is not afraid to kind of name it and go, why are they treating that person like that? That's not okay. And I, I don't think she's, it's so interesting, isn't it? That as we get older, there's this kind of fog emerges or whatever. There's something about kids that are really good at this stuff. Like they can see injustice a mile off and have got something to say about it. Um, but as we, as we get older, like <laughs> a bunch of things kicked it, kick in, like, what will other people think if I speak up? Am I brave enough? Do I know enough? Do I, do I, do it? Like there's mm -hmm. a, will I experience? Yeah. Will I be ashamed? Like there's a whole bunch of things. And I, there's something really interesting in that kind of spirit of young people who can just see it and name it real quick. Wow. <laughs> okay. Do, can we get Evie on the <laughs> it might involve some TikTok references, which uh, <laughs> might not be that helpful for everyone. <laughs> mm. 
but really that's that's really inspiring and i'm curious what do we how do we do that what do we learn from her yeah or what do we need to unlearn oh yeah <laughs> what is that hmm Just thinking about the coaching space, particularly Jacob and those coaching conversations. Um, you know, one of the things, um, you know, I, I worked with Claire in the 3D team probably about 10 years ago and worked with them a fair bit and then started working with them again more recently. Um, and so there was a little, a little bit of a gap in the middle. And one of the things that I, I've noticed about the practice um, with Claire and the team at 3D is much more emphasis on partnership and being in in step or in partnership with the person that you're thinking with or, or facilitate it, helping to facilitate their thinking um, in the coaching conversation. And I'm I'm wondering I'm wondering how that plays out for you from an equity perspective as well um, in that very specific role that you have with the people you work with mm, yeah well that's that's spot on because that's what attracted me to to the work you were doing together you know when I first joined your event uh, on simplifying coaching yep two years ago yeah um, I'm gonna <laughs> I just, I remember I was struck by the approach and, and the simplicity, well, the real simplicity of it uh, in terms of the questions you were using to frame the coaching conversations and how, oh, I remember, I remember reading this in Claire's book where he was, he was, she was saying, you, um, you won't know how to have a conversation with one particular person until you ask them. <laughs> and oh. I remember thinking, oh that makes so much sense <laughs> but but actually <laughs> actually to arrive at that realization and put it down on paper is a different thing and to do it is actually another different thing um and i think for me in coaching the partnership in terms of equity is always going to be something i need to pay attention to um and, and I think sometimes I'm quite um, overwhelmed by the responsibility of, of being in a one-to-one -one space, yep. remembering that this is a one-to-one -one space where, where actually every, really every word I say or every interaction actually has, uh, has an impact. It has a, a consequence. So um, I think I hold, I hold that with quite a lot of gravity. I think I need a bit more play sometimes, but um, but I think it does allow me to be to be attentive to that. It does allow me to keep the partnership uh, stance in my brain and never forget that actually that's a huge privilege to be in that position and and a huge potential to use power in in ways that you I wouldn't want to use it if I'm not careful. Mm. And and of course that just it just means continuous supervision and, and, and self-reflection. Uh, so it's not like it's, it's manageable. It's just that I think because I come to coaching from having uh, witnessed those power dynamics in my family, I think I have 
high sensitivity or high perception of when the balance is off. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, even the choice of being in this position allows me a sense of power, even if that sense of power is illusion. <laughs> But there is there is uh, there is a dark side to it, <laughs> where I think being the one who's not sharing is is a, it gives me a sense of power, but I think it matters how I use that, and it matters that you know I I, I do coaching because I care, because I care that people have a voice and they use it to to live lives that are fulfilling, and and that's why I want for myself, and and that's why I want to do this work, uh, but I'm aware that the partnership bit is a bit. Uh, complex mm. and Jacob I feel like we've talked to all the layers we've talked to about equity in that kind of one you know for self for the one-to-one -one conversations that you have with coaching I'm privileged enough to know that you take that philosophy into probably all of your <laughs> all of your relationships <laughs> and conversations but also at that really macro level at those at the social level about things that you believe in and want to champion and advocate for um what what difference does it make what difference does having that lens on those conversations and those relationships make for for good or for bad mm. <laughs> well, this goes to the core of it, doesn't it? Um, I think it makes me think about, um, for a long time I've been uh, <laughs> living a life in a way of like thinking, oh, I really want to be a good person. <laughs> um, realistically, like just to be very honest. Um, and I think only recently I've started to... Uh, Kind of see the gray areas of, of that and maybe open my mind around yeah I think maybe at times I'm not going to be the kind of person I think I want to be uh, and maybe it's not about that at all um, and things are a bit more yeah it's, it's not going to be easy to know if I'm living in in the ways that I want to live and I I suppose if when I think about it that way, the question of whether I'm making a difference becomes um, almost a question around will. Um, it, it becomes quite existential and um, reminds me of how hard it is to measure it. Um, and I think I come to this conversation from from the point of view of an independent practitioner and, and somebody who's, who's working a lot with inner life and, and you know, in quite an introverted sort of experience of making a difference. And so because of that, I think I measure it by knowing how it feels in my body and knowing whether I'm acting in the ways that I would want to act. But that's the internal measure. But I think the, the whether I'm making the difference on the outside world, I think that's where I get, um, that's where it gets difficult for me. Because it's, it, it, like we said, it can be, I either put too much pressure and I'm expecting myself to fix the whole thing now by myself. And I think my, maybe my learning edge right now is how do I, how do I connect to community and other people who are doing 
the, this work of equity and learn together what a difference can be. And, and maybe a part of me wants to say that difference is that we're trying, um, but that might not be enough. So, so I don't know, actually. I don't know if, how it makes a difference. Well, I like your um, I like your sort of reflection on there's an internal difference. <laughs> there's a difference mm. for me, and that that's important. And then mm. there's a difference from the world in the world, and that's a bit more tricky to measure and understand. And there's probably some surprises and some serendipity in there as well. But like, you, yeah, it's it's a values alignment thing as well, I suppose. Mm. And I was listening, I was listening to you sort of reflecting, Jakob, um, you know, what, what changes I've seen in myself in this space. And I was thinking, I don't know, um, there's a, a I, I, I should have my facts on this straight, but there was um, a guy who um, was a, human rights advocate for racial justice and equality in America. And I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes because his name's fallen out of my head right now. But one of the quotes that stuck with me from his work was um, getting good trouble, necessary trouble. And I thought I just loved that because there's something about that that just brings a bit of the edginess or the playfulness to the work <laughs> and that there is a level of um disruption mm. that happens when you throw this idea of equity out into the world it's not really a fluffy pink pair of slippers it's like it should create a bit of tension somewhere and that's where that learning space becomes so important that you talked about um and the space for conversation and those things so um yeah I'm I'm taking that as my in as my kind of <laughs> learning edge <laughs> yeah I, I don't really know what that means or what I'll do with it but I like the idea of it at least <laughs> oh my gosh I love that good trouble yeah <laughs> that's um, brilliant tell me a little bit Jakob and we'll then we'll jump to some recommendations but just tell me a little bit about how you take care of yourself um this is an it's an mm. emo it's emotional work it's an emotional burden like let's just what's your thoughts on that Mm -hmm. Well, I think I have to learn a bit more from you about slippers. <laughs> and, uh, and <laughs> Let's get in trouble together. <laughs> um, I definitely need to learn more here. I think I think more and more I realize um, even just being in therapy and doing that work, I think I, I'm realizing how much time I need to prepare and recover from that. Um, mm. And I value it a lot and I get a lot from it, but I don't think I have been actually accounting for the amount of time it takes me to recover. Um, and I think, I think the, well, the connection to equity and uh, from therapy to equity is that that's, you know, that's usually what I would do in therapy. I would actually go to those learning edges and recognize that in myself right so the ways in which I am you know a racist or misogynistic or all these things that actually I see as other or out there 
or somebody else is doing them, but to be able to see that myself is, it, it takes all the energy out. Um, and I think, yeah, I think I need to learn how to do this better because otherwise I'm not going to be able to do this equity thing anymore. <laughs> mm. um, <clears throat> I think uh, realistically right now I, I, I do walks. Walking it allows me to recover and I take a lot of naps, a lot of naps. <laughs> um that sounds delightful walking and napping yeah. <laughs> more of that in life please <laughs> bit of troublemaking bit of walking bit of napping <laughs> um and yeah <clears throat> the other thing i do is um i started ice skating it's brilliant i love it and summertime i do roller skating so yeah it's seasonal <laughs> and i just uh that's just beautiful it takes me out of my head completely um is that something with the dance. movement of the body yes yeah it's it's me moving and it's me moving at high speed uh <laughs> which is you know a bit of adrenaline and a bit like woof. um yeah. it feels like freedom as well i mm. think there's a sense of no constraints especially ice skating because you're on the ice and it's contained it's funny it makes me think of coaching it's like a container for going a bit crazy <laughs> it's um it's like i go really really fast but i know that no matter what i'm not gonna hit anything except the you know the edge of the thing um but that's nice i think that sense of freedom and movement is really refreshing yeah lovely so some good rest some exercise moving the body go a bit crazy all helpful <laughs> yes yes for lovely sure. And Jakob, for people that are um, maybe coming to this idea of equity in coaching or in leadership or in life um, for the first time, or they want to delve a little bit deeper, um, have you got some recommendations for us? Yes, I think. Where can people some. delve? Um, so I think. Well, something to read is definitely the Huddlecraft newsletter and um, I'll, we'll have links at the end, um, but they're, they're a community interest company galvanizing peer-to-peer -peer learning. So it's, it's, it's so closely linked to, to power dynamics and um, you know, the idea of how do we do our learning and does it have to be top down or can we do it by ourselves? Yep. Um, and in terms of, of watching i wanted to offer something around uh, trans awareness and visibility uh, there's a really yeah. good uh, documentary called disclosure and it's on youtube you can find a trailer um it just talks about the trans uh, representation in the media and how actually the media has influenced how we think about trans people um and what else I think the bit to listen to, I had done as Poetry Unbound uh, from On Being, and it's a podcast with poetry. And I love it because I think, you know, as I was thinking about our conversation, I was thinking how, how much of this is almost hard to put into words. Mm. <clears throat> and <clears throat> when that happens for me, I go to poetry. Um, and Poetry Unbound has... Uh, is is led by Padre Gotuma and he's a wonderful guy and 
he pre presents different poems from different authors and then discusses them. But I think I wanted to offer that as a way to as a way to remember why you do this work and why you care and to get encouragement. Um, and the ponder one I loved because um, I had my own ponders around how do I do this work with other people? And I think that would be my question as an offer is how do you do this work with other people? Mm. Gosh, mm -hmm. that's a big one to think through, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So all of these, thank you for kind of sharing mm -hmm. that so generously. All of um, all of these wraps will be in the show notes. There's something to watch, read, audio, listen, and ponder will pop in the show notes for those of you that want to delve a little bit deeper. Um, I'm definitely going to check out the um, poetry podcast because I um, I love the the lack of constraints that you can have in poetry, finding new ways to express yourself. And um, I think it has very practical application in um, conversations that you have to find new ways of accessing a new perspective, new angles to see things from. So that sounds one that's going to be up my street for sure. So um, just before we come into land, Jacob, final thoughts? <clears throat> Final thoughts. Hmm. I'm really grateful. Mm. Grateful. I think, yeah, I'm really grateful for our conversation, for this time together to think about this um, and where we've gone, the threads. Um, I think I maybe wanted to ask you questions and I'm oh. like, mm, I missed my chance. <laughs> um, you could ask one. I, like I, I don't know if I have an answer, but I give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> okay um yeah no I think I think uh, you know I was thinking about all the organizations you've worked with mm. and that you've seen so many you know you've seen equity in so many different settings and yeah I don't know like what do you, what are you learning <laughs> from all these different mm. settings it's a it's a great it's a great question Jacob and I think one of the things that I've been you know I've I've been lucky enough in consulting and in coaching you know I've, I've probably worked with I don't know over 200 different organizations and you get to have a real peek behind the curtain and this is going to sound like a bit of a sweeping statement and I I sort of offer it a bit cautiously, but I think one of the things I notice is that organizations that are really committed to this work um, and creating fairer, more equitable societies, um, I was going to say it's sort of a blessing and a curse, but that's not quite the right way to articulate it. What I notice is that they prioritize it um, almost at all cost. And I worry a little bit about what that does to its employees. And so I notice kind of mm. a bit of burnout and a bit of a, a bit of um the core, you know, the the core, the change that we're seeking is so big, so important, so so macro, um, that it it might not 
it might not hold people in its wake. It's hard to carry people along <laughs> with you. And I, I'd love organisations who are involved in this work to put maybe I don't know if it's the equal amount of effort but some amount of attention some amount of effort into and and some do so this is not quite as you know quite mm -hmm. as black and white as I'm making it sound mm -hmm. um but just in the care of their people so that they can do this work really blooming well yeah and yeah. I it, it is it is emotional labor and and so I think we've got a responsibility to to take care of people in it. Mm. Um, and I I sort of say that from a real you know over here in Australia you know there's at the minute there's flood warnings all over the place and communities have been flooded terribly for the third fourth time within a year and are really sort of suffering at the edge of that climate crisis and I'm sort of thinking about all those volunteers that have to keep turning up and clearing floods and thinking about how they can advocate for a you know for climate change policy that's gonna gonna help and yet there's there's practical work that needs to be done and how do we take care of those communities and the people who are doing that work and um and also contribute to that work ourselves so I I think there's a real there's a real people edge to this that um, I'm interested in exploring. I don't know if it's just a personal thing or a, yeah, that that's a something that's mm. sort of front of mind for me. Yeah. Does that? Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That helpful. Connects. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. It really is. Because um, I don't have that lens from the organizational uh, you mm. know, uh, angle and, and it's, it's, it's really good to hear about that. Um, and it, it reminds me of the, the bit around people and mm. community. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, it's hard to keep that in balance because, you know, these big macro problems, they matter. That's why people are showing up. That's why they're there. <laughs> um, and so absolutely gear all your energy and, if, you know, gear as much energy and attention there as you can, but just take it take some care of people along the way and I I can think of a bunch of organizations that do that brilliantly mm -hmm. um, but I can also think of some that mm. perhaps don't and yeah there's probably a bit more space for a conversation about the emotional burden that comes with doing that sort of work I think yeah mm. that could be another episode oh <laughs> episodes coming out of our ears all these ideas <laughs> Well, look, thank you so much for sharing so graciously, so openly, so honestly with us, Jacob. You've given us lots of food for thought. Certainly, you know, I'm I'm taking away kind of what's the edge that I need to lean into. And I love the idea of the learning space as well. So I'm sure there's going to be um, listeners that take away all sorts of things from this conversation. So thank you so much. We will pop all of those links um, in the show notes. So for those of you that want to delve a little deeper or explore a little bit more, um, you'll be able to do that. And of course, feel free to add any of your own resources, any of your own kind of ways of managing that emotional burden or anything else that we've been talking about tonight in the comments and in the chat and of course I'm sure other people would love to read and hear and listen to some of those as well so we'll say 
thank you for listening and um we'll see you next time bye bye thank you if you've enjoyed what you've heard today we'd love you to share the podcast with a friend or leave a comment on social media and if you'd like to become a regular at the coaching inn you can subscribe on podbean and all major podcast channels we look forward to welcoming you next time you've been listening to the coaching inn 3D Coaching's virtual pub. For more information, check out 3dcoaching.com.